Red Dead Online rolls on in a certain sense. It is officially it's a- not a beta anymore. It's not yeah. a beta? It's live now? Yeah, it's yeah. been live for like a week or two. Oh, okay. Cool. Is it? But yep. well, It's not on PC, so I kind of don't care that much. It's never coming to PC. Yeah, yeah probably not. Yep. Yeah. But not everything is live in Red Dead Online. Apparently, there's just piles and piles of burned horse carcasses. I, I want to respect the fact that you tried to, like, you, you weren't even trying to make a, like, not everything in Red Dead is alive. In fact, some things are dead horse piles. Like, that's an Alex level thing you could have pulled just there. <laughs> and I respect <laughs> you for not doing it. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not that evil. No, but you're that bad at jokes. Probably. Yeah. But, yes, so, yeah, there's apparently, like, outside of towns and in random places, just tons and tons and tons of burned horse carcasses. Please, call them what they are, Henry. They're called corpse piles. Corpse piles. Of the burned horse variety. Yeah, and they're, and it's not just, like, two or three, it's, like, dozens, and in total, I guess, hundreds, maybe thousands. And yeah, that's it. It's kind of weird, and that's that's kind of disturbing. I wouldn't want to see that in my my Western online game. It looks like there's some sort of a yeah weird like disease going around. Like, but in any case, yeah, that's that's a thing. But apparently, it's uh it, it was caused by a duplication bug. Well, so this is not the first kind of fucked up thing like this. You might not know about the other ones. So, yeah, the way to scam the game was you would duplicate like uh, cougar pelts. So it was pretty common to like walk into town and see just a stack of dead cougars because someone was busy <laughs> using the exploit. Yeah. So it was also yeah. great. Yeah. Apparently, apparently, the way to to pull it off is you catch one large fish. And then using your horse, clone the fish into your inventory. Yep. But apparently, there's it's a relate. This is this horse glitch is a related glitch. But apparently, the only so yeah, it's this is this is like one of my favorite types of of terrible gamer stories. It combines two two of my favorite subjects when it comes to this. Dead thing. horses and fire. I'm with you on this one, Henry. <laughs> I know that, that's not my favorite things. I, I've all right. So it dead does, horses and it combines... piles. Is that what we're going with? It's got to be yeah. dead horses. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it is like you know game busting glitches. I guess this isn't necessarily game busting. It is kind of, but game busting glitches and players are hot garbage. So of course they do something like this. Sure, but but apparently. It's also causing performance issues. Well, yeah, you're spawning too many things. Yeah, it's it's forcing to render also piles of dead horses. And you think, you know, and because this is online, it has to track every single one of those. Yep. So that everybody sees them. And so all of that is being kept track of on on their servers. Uh, yep. And, and so, yep, and the, the horse apocalypse is upon us. And it's just as terrible as we thought it would be. <laughs> so it's kind of like a weird reverse apocalypse because of the glitches. So it's like four horses riding in on four people. I... 
<laughs> this is more like four horses riding on unicycles that are being pulled by people. Or four, four horses riding in on four something. horses, and then all of those horses die. Yeah. yeah. Well, horses would normally, the piles of bodies would normally be people in some sort of weird apocalypse situation. So that's why I figured it'd be four horses riding in on people, just as a strange, weird, glitchy twist. Ah, uh, yes, jokes so, are the best. We have to explain them. So do you, <laughs> do you suppose this is what happened whenever cars were invented? Well, they do have junkyards, so in a way, kinda. <laughs> this, this, I, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I'm picturing like <clears throat> fucking Henry Ford walking, I know Henry Ford did not invent the car, it's like fucking capping horses being like, another one for the pile, good lads! Fuck these four-legged animals! The car's the future! Kablam! I'm Henry Ford, horse asshole! <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, this, this is what it is, this is them replaying out conspiracy. You know, the horses are a pretty popular mode of transportation. How do we get the car off the ground? It's simple. We Let Henry Ford at them. I'm Henry Ford, maker of Henry Ford's fine horse meat and automobiles. Where do I get the horse meat? Don't worry about it. T Thunderstrike was delicious. By Thunderstrike, I mean your horse. <laughs> the T-100 never gets tired, never gets sick, never gets bored. You never have to feed the T-100. T-100 just straddles along. Your horse probably dead in the pile. Did I shoot it? <laughs> Probably. I'm Henry Ford. <laughs> That's you know, T-100. It goes back. You don't need to put it up back and shoot it back in the shed. Instead, you can change the parts. Drive along. Well, you call me and I'll shoot it for you. I'm Henry Ford. There you go. I shoot a car just the best. I shoot a horse. A baby? I'll shoot that too. But I prefer not. I prefer to drown it. Henry Ford. <laughs> for the price, if you buy a T-100, of course, I will gladly shoot a baby. Don't like your wife? Just I'll shoot her too. From the shed. Yeah. Henry Ford. Give you trouble? Won't let you buy a T-100? Shoot the wife. Take her all back to the shed. I'm Henry Ford. I'll pretend she's a horse. Henry Ford. <laughs> Times were terrible, and I'm Henry Ford. Ugh. We dragged this out pretty far. It's Henry Ford does not agree. Hello, and welcome to the Wicked Office of... Wow, Wicked Office cast. That's... Wow, 155 episodes in. I can't fucking do an intro still. Welcome to episode 155 of the Wicked Awesome Cast, wow. a podcast about video games. I just pulled an Alex there. Yeah, Alex, you have every right to I comment I was going to say, you, you sounded like me. Yeah. Shut it down. Burn it to the ground. Put it out to pasture, whatever the right word is. Yes, welcome to a podcast about video games. <laughs> hello? Yeah. Hello, hello. Taking yep. the wind out of them sails real quick with that mess up. I, I, I'm just, I'm. Well, we had a good run, guys. This is it. One fifty-five is the podcast. We officially are done. I, I, uh, I don't want to know the statistics of how many times we've made this terrible joke in the intro. Yeah, but see, you've never screwed up an intro. I've definitely screwed Things up. Things are different now. Where you showed up? No. Oh. Well, that was when it's like, it like sixty episodes that exist prior to your involvement. To, the world only exists when I'm there. Ah, uh, yes, the flat Earth theory. Yes. Because if we're not the center of the universe, we're not important, and that is terrifying. That's right. If only they let me burn people at the stake like they did back in the day when somebody questioned it otherwise. Damn you, Galileo. Yes, back in the day. <laughs> Damn you, Galileo. We definitely don't have a Friday night burning here in Tahunga. <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, this got pretty dark. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> I just had two major accidents in my neck of the woods, like in the span of eight hours from each other. 
Oh, oh wow. Geez. Like a car got flipped over, and then someone also whacked a um, fire hydrant off of a... Uh, they knocked over a fire hydrant, so there's like a 30-foot-tall geyser of water just like Whoa. up the street from me. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. It was cool, I guess, or terrifying how you think of it. We should change the <laughs> speed limit outside my house. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, moving on from that. Uh, what have y'all been up to? <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'll... Well, you go first, because you did a intro, right? Is that how that works? I forget. I, we, have, we have never established a methodology for how this works, but <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, I'll go first, I guess. As I go whacked ahead. my microphone twice in a row by accident. Whoops, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> what is going on? Everything is terrible. I, <laughs> so, um, I saw John Wick 3 Parabellum, a.k.a. The Good, The Bad, and The Wick, a.k.a. Tokyo Wick, a.k.a. The Wickening, a.k.a. John Wick of Arabia. All of these names are sadly accurate. It's real good. John I'd Wick movies continue so. to be really good. Yeah, I'm I'm wanting to see that. I have not seen it yet. I definitely want to see it. I, the immediate reaction I had after the movie was, how do they keep getting better? Like, I, I thought they'd have to have peaked with two, but nah, three has some shit where you're like, yeah, this is real cool. Cooler than two. Like, they're different. Uh, it's. I don't want to talk about it because spoilers and shit. But like, they, they yeah. finally answer the most important question of the John Wickiverse: Where the fuck did John Wick come from? And like, are there other people like John Wick? And the answer is yes, he did come from somewhere. And B, there are other people like Wick, and they're oh, not the shit. same, but they're equally like crazy badass. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know what? I, I, you know what? As they've done it so well, like John Wick is a character. I don't really need to know too much about him. I kind of like the mystery, but oh you no, know, the, the, uh, the explanation is thirty seconds, all kind of up for your interpretation. But they like explain in seconds why John Wick fights the way John Wick does, and why other mm. people are equally as good as John Wick, but not like the same fighting style and stuff. Like it's. The explanation they give of where John Wick comes from is like a minor plot point that's hidden under mm. a more major plot point where it's like, oh shit, that's how he is the way he is. Got it. Mm, and, and like, it's, that's interesting. I, only kind of a hint spoiler I'll give is like the the entire time the directors have described John Wick in action as like a as a ballet of death. Uh, there's a reason they've described it like that, and but also like the movie establishes. Not everyone is a ballet of death. Like, there are other people that are like deadly shadows, or like, um, Halle Berry's character is like a three man wrecking team as one person. It's really fucking cool what they set up with. This movie establishes, in the way every John Wick establishes, like more underworld mysticism bullshit. This has my favorite underworld mysticism bullshit they've done so far, <laughs> where it's like, man, that's some bullshit, and it's real fucking cool. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and I'm guessing they're probably done with three as well. No! I don't want I, them to... Th there is going not, to be I don't a want them to keep stretching it out and make it dumb. I think the that's fourth what... one will be the last one. The fourth one is also going to be batshit insane. Like, of I... Course. Like, well, yeah, they have to top. They they just keep having to top themselves, and that's why 
I don't want them to stretch this out until it's dumb. No, no. So that's the thing, I guess. Like maybe we're three succeeds. It's not trying to top two. It's going okay. Here are the things we did in two. We have to maintain the same level of awesome, but we can't do the same thing a second time. We have to kind of yeah. reinvent what made this cool. Like I, like dumb questions. Like from the second movie, man, John Wick's jacket is super impervious. Why doesn't everyone have that? Third movie answers that question. They do. Oh shit! Like if you had John Wick fight forty other people that had John Wick's ma- uh, magical suit, what is that like? And it's a really cool sequence. Because huh. it changes. Because it's like it starts off as a like, oh, this is what this fight is going to be, and then you're like, nah, this is totally different. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean that's one of the great things about the Wick series. Yeah. It's been inventive. It's taken a. It's not like it's an original story in yeah. any way, really. It's how they do it. Yeah, and that's that's really what's made it because. Yeah, I mean the 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 trope of you know the the old retired killer has been done a billion gazillion times, but that's why they had to make it that much extra creative. Yeah, and uh, fun. It, like there's a point in the movie. There's a literal fight in a gun and knife store. And at no point are you like, this is kid video. Like, yeah, of course there's a gun and knife store in this universe. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like like Hitman's Harry Potter, if you will. Yeah. I, yep. is yes. What it sounds like. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the gun and knife store. Oh yeah, the gun and knife store down by uh what's it what's it? The the orange and alcohol store. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> in this shop, the knife chooses the hitman. Not the hitman chooses the knife. I wouldn't quite go that far, but there's definitely like a, yeah, the store sells two things. Weapons. What's the second thing? Weapons that go boom. I don't know. Like, it, it, it's weapons. <laughs> yeah. Sharp things and shooty things. Yeah. I, I, I like it better now thinking it's like the uh, the, uh, the underground assassin Harry Potter. But they just <laughs> so have their own di- tag so on. That's a different thing. So <laughs> there are at least two underground assassin hogwarts in this movie see it, it all makes sense now it's yeah. like the different schools man Wick is the harry potter of assassins i yeah uh, yes y- yes he is yep oh shit that recontextualizes so many parts of this movie in hilarious <laughs> ways see see man <laughs> angry russian uh, professor mcgonagall is awesome just saying yeah <laughs> That a Diagon Alley, you have just go die alley. Yeah. Oh, I like I like now now that I have this mindset for it, I can't wait to go see. I, I, John Wick Three is great. <laughs> I, it's they even say the name of the movie in the movie at one point. It's like we know you fuckers didn't look up what Parabellum means, so we're gonna spell it out for you in a pivotal scene. So you go, oh yeah, that's the name of the movie. I get it now. <laughs> And then John Wick shoots a bunch of people in the throat and neck and face and body. And then you're like, yeah, that's what I came here for. <laughs> like, aside from the fact it was John Wick, in the trailer, John Wick throws a gun at another dude in frustration. That's in the movie. <laughs> I've seen the movie just for that moment alone. It's a great moment. <laughs> it's very super hot of him. I have well, to throw a gun at Well, you know, like, guns, that's actually pretty effective. I mean, if you've ever pi- actually picked up a pistol... Those things are way heavier than you oh, expect. Oh no, dude them. throws like an assault rifle overhand at someone. <laughs> it's like yeah, grabs the button, flings it at someone. It's great. 
Oh yeah, they, they those will totally knock you out because they are heavy. I mean, they it's like it's easy to forget that they're pretty much solid steel. Yeah. And it's and it's throwing a big big block of of pure bull steel yeah. at somebody's head. Yeah, yeah that's that's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I want to avoid spoilers because you should go see John Wick. Keep these, keep, keep this train rolling. Like, I want that fourth to get made because I want to see the end, just the ridiculous ending they're building towards. Because four is yeah. gonna be ridiculous potentially. Like, I, I, I only spoke. Morpheus's character is back as the fucking homeless king of New York, and he's like way more extra than he was in the previous movie, which is great. <laughs> The king of the Bowery is back. Fucking homeless underground network king is like, yo, I'm still here. And I'm like, yeah, you are. Do you, Lawrence Fishburne? But beyond that, I did play some games. <laughs> I, I played that Rage 2 game. Um, That is an okay video game. Uh, it's mm. I, I hesitate to call it good, but it is fun. And it runs for the most part fine. But I am also committing kind of dark heresy playing it because I'm playing it on my laptop, but with a controller because there's so much fucking driving in that game. I didn't want to swap back between a mouse and a uh, joystick setup for that constantly. So it's fun. It plays like Doom. It's fast when it's going. I think the driving parts are real shitty, but it's got powers that don't feel great to use. It, it It's a fun apocalypse game. Like it is. It is Far Cry and Doom's like edgy edge lord fun kid that's like, yo, what if I was both Far Cry and Doom? You know, that could be fun. It is, but it's also got some problems. Like, yeah. I, the story's dumb. The main character is forgettable. Like, I think I killed like zombie. I, I killed post-apocalyptic Trump in that game, which is real weird. <laughs> like, dude, even had Trump's <laughs> hair, but like, he's like a shitty nightclub owner who's going on about how like, much money he has to overthrow whatever and oh, no, I killed this mutant I didn't kill I haven't killed him yet but like the game is you versus like ultimate eugenics cyber Nazi things that like did any of you play Rage 1? No. No. Okay so the story of Rage 1 was that you are an arc human so that apocalypse happens I think it's a meteor hits the planet the best and brightest got put into these like survival pod things called arcs that were buried all over the world so that they could emerge after kind of the radiation died down and shit like that. Everything would be fine. Um, where many apocalypses like don't acknowledge this, like a bunch of people survive, not a ton of people, but enough people survive that like civilization doesn't totally fall during that time period. It's not great, okay. but it's not totally gone kind of thing. And you are awoken in the first game as like the first like something goes wrong and the arcs don't pop out of the ground. It turns out the arcs don't pop out of the ground because the military that was left to kind of try and coordinate all this shit went bad guy. And they're like, no, we will rule the wasteland. Ah ha 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 ha. But you wake up and you trigger the satellite that brings all the arcs up out of the ground, and the game takes place twenty-five years after the end of Rage One. And I think mm. there are some returning characters, but also I don't remember any of the characters from Rage 1, really. But, like, so you are playing as my favorite post-apocalyptic trope character, who is not the person that saved the wasteland, but, like, kid 
of the group that saved the wasteland. Like you are second generation Arc E, if you will, which means your blood is full of nanites, which lets you use the fancy power armor suit, which lets you have the superpowers that range from like palm blasting to double jumping. And you get special guns that are like tied to your uh, uh, ranger suit, which is powered by your nanites. And this gives you the power to self-resurrect once every once in a while with the defibrillator built into your armor. Or use a shotgun that's a really good shotgun or a kind of okay medium-range sniper rifle in alt-fire mode. Uh, it's The game's cool enough. Uh, it, yeah. It is not... A, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, except when it's not, but for the most part, it's really fun. There's kind of weird pockets of difficulty that spike out around the game. I, it has the open world issue of you are filling a loyalty gauge, which I don't like those type of open world games, but also mm. the game gives me enough bandit camps to wipe out that I'm like, oh, I'm filling the loyalty gauge by wiping out bandit camps? Whatevs. I'll go kill these bandits. They looked at me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, it's... There are too many currencies in the game. There are too many different meters you are oh. filling. Like there are There's multiple types of currency. So for uh, upgrades, and okay, no, but it's not okay because there are there is currency for your car, weapon upgrades, suit upgrades. Oh. They're all running. Uh, that's 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 a pain. And they're kind of rewarded. And there's random there's things. no real good reason for it either. Like, no, I'm just there's thinking. also cash for buying stuff. And there are like reward tokens for us for Monster Bash TV, which is kind of a game show in the universe. So there are literally five different currencies, one of which overlaps all of your upgrades. But here's where it gets weird. Like you have to level up your guns with the shared currency, but then to buy like underslung grenade launcher for the gun, you need weapon specific currency, but also to upgrade like your nanites, your your power armor, your nanite abilities. You have to use the shared currency to unlock the levels, but then you have to use nanite updates to update the actual aspects of it. I think the car just uses car updates, but I want to say that um, it feels like base levels also, or the, the projects you use the shared currency. I, the currency is a mess. If it was just cash and felt right or whatever it's called in the game, like the crystals you pick up, I'd be fine with it. But no, it's unlocking levels with one currency, buying supplies with one currency, and then like actually unlocking the shit you want with specific to that thing's currency. And the the menu's kind of clunky to get around because it loads slowly. And like I accidentally upgraded the shit out of my shotgun. Why? Because I was using it a shit ton, and it's awesome. But like I'm now <laughs> stuck trying to grind out general upgrade materials because my like, I don't have enough health to do any of the medium-range stuff I'm now running into. And, like, it's not, like... When this game says, like, hey, you're not ready for a level 4, you're really not ready for a level 4. It's not play good. It's, like, no, enemies will double-tap you from across the map. Not ready. Like, oh, it's, wow. <laughs> it's got Jeez. really disproportionate difficulty spikes, which I'm not a fan of. I, mm. like, I don't remember liking the Rage 1 car combat stuff much. But I remember it feeling better than the car stuff does in this game, which kind of sucks because this is made by id and Avalanche, and Avalanche made that really good Mad Max game that I thought had pretty solid feeling cars for the most part. Like, I, you have this tank car called the Valkyrie or something like that. 
and I fucking hate driving it. Like, it just handles shittily. The aiming for it doesn't feel good. I, it, every other vehicle in the game you can get into is unlimited ammo. This vehicle does not. And I get, they're like, oh, no, we oh. don't want to give you too many, like, minigun rounds or the Hellfire missiles. And I'm like, but that would be more fun than having me fucking search for them or buy them constantly. I, I, especially when one of the other vehicles I've picked up is a literal tank or another car is a car that drops miniature nukes and they both have infinite ammo. Oh, wow. Okay, so it sounds like they kind of don't know what they're doing I, when it comes to game balance. Yeah, and, and that's kind of it, like, too, where it's the, um, this is the first person shooter I've played in a long time where you just didn't pick up ammo when you ran next to it. You have to manually kind of pick up ammo, which Ooh. sucks. But, like, it's the... From one hand, I get it, where it's like, oh, it's about scavenging. But also, like, I'm in a firefight. I don't have to look and grab the shotgun ammo. Just let me pick that shit up. But then there's, like... Okay. But then again, that's the way Borderlands works. You have to press a button to collect stuff. Of yeah. course, it vacuums towards you if you're near it, and you press the button, but I feel still. Like if you run over ammo in Borderlands, you still pick up the ammo. Mm, no. Not that I remember. No, you have to press, you have to press a button Maybe to pick not, up yeah, anything. I've... But it does vacuum towards you in an area effect type of a thing, so you don't have to just keep pressing yeah, it a bunch. So, and you just a... press it once, and everything just floods to you like a vacuum. So this is which definitely is... not that case. Um, okay. You just pick they, up see, that thing. Yeah, because the way Borderlands did it, if you're going to do it like that, that makes a lot of sense. Is it also means that it's harder to accidentally pick up, say, a gun and like auto replace the gun you're carrying. Yes, uh, it's mm. um. This also has the problem of since I'm playing it on a PC with a controller, the yeah. picking up stuff feels very imprecise. Like it's the it really mm. wants me to be dead on the thing I'm trying to pick up, which I'm just not capable of pulling off. And there again, that's why they did it the way they did it in Borderlands. You just press E to collect everything, and that's and that's it, yeah. If if you're gonna have that mechanic in a game, do it like Borderlands because yeah, they definitely it's... did it the best. I mean, otherwise, just like you said, just have it pick it up when you touch it. Yeah. Don't no, make it into a weird pixel point and click game. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you try to pick up an I, item. Let me, and like, let me explain guess, my frustration with this game. So, like, uh, the loop of the game is you go to a place, you wipe out the bandits, mutants, or whatever is located there. You complete kind of the objective. And it's either like a mission objective, which is a very kind of traditional id software hallway of death that you're fighting through. And those are fine, those are great. Like, they're nice little mm. objective versions. The majority of the game, though, is kind of open world, roll up on a thing. You go in, you wipe out a bunch of guys there, and there's like an arc, arc chests, or, or kind of special chests. And literally, it's the whole left bumper, and you bring up like your fist and you scan the area. But none of the collectibles that then get listed as listed there get highlighted. So you then spend the next 10 minutes trying to find five plastic crates with pink lids to pop open that, like, there are. Easily six bandit compounds in that game I have cleared that I've gotten four out of the five crates in them because I just fucking gave up. I'm like, this isn't fun to find these anymore. I don't care enough. Like, fuck it, I'm out kind of thing. But <laughs> the game would be like, oh, you didn't complete the bandit comics, you get that fifth chest. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm never going back there because like, I, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't find it after 10 minutes. I don't care anymore. I'm out. And that's every single environment you go into in the open world where like, it's you have this scan ability, and I checked. There, 
even if you update the scan, which is dumb, you have to spend materials to do that, it never does the highlight shit on your map for you after you're out of combat, which I think is a giant misstep on their on their choices. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, it sounds That sounds fucking... That sounds so fucking clinky. Yeah, I, it's shitty as hell. That's the right word for it, too. Like, there, there are parts of this game that have really bad clunk in the same way Rage 2 did, or Rage 1 did, but then the game's mm. also, like, kind of fun. Like, I... When you're in combat, it feels good, and it's fast-paced, and you're like, yeah, I'm a badass. Like, you feel like you are fucking Master Chief in your full power armor, drop into an apocalypse where people are like, yo, we got hockey pads and spiked mohawk hair. What do you got? Uh, well, that's what the new armor. Doom is like, you know? I mean, that, Yeah, and it plays like Doom. It, it plays like Doom yeah. in a good way. It, it shouldn't yeah. be my end. Yeah, it, I mean, honestly, like, Doom has... The, the way they did Doom... Even the way they did the monster spawns in the newest Doom, it's brilliant. The way the entire game is done is absolutely brilliant. But yeah, if they just basically traded on that and yeah, move that and, and use that for Rage Two, sounds like a, a great problem. idea. What's that? Yeah, they didn't, and that's the problem. Like it is. Oh, they. It is the speed and kind of good feeling combat of Doom without the mm -hmm. health regeneration, or it just doesn't feel it, like it, it's not as good. Like it's. Because of the open worldness of it, like, and I think some people talked about how it's like this is a tech demo for like, could you do an open world Doom? And the answer is, yeah, you could. Just please don't do it this way because this is not great. But mm. yeah. mm. at the same time, it's it's fine. Like I'm having a lot of fun playing it, but at the same time, like after two hours, I'm like, I'm gonna play something else. And oh, the other thing I have to play is glorious. I, I'm doing a weird game pairing where on one hand you have my fun apocalypse game that's kind of like sugar rush fun and on the other hand I have a plague tale innocence which is a fucking monster okay, I, game. I've, I've just read about that I don't really know a whole lot about it though I've so, read about it a few times uh, a plague's tale innocence you play as Amicia I think is her name I'm probably pronouncing it a little bit wrong who is the daughter of some kind of regional knight in Black Plague era France. And uh, the game starts off with your family getting straight ganked by the Inquisition. And it's, you're, 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 I haven't gotten far into, I haven't gone far enough to know the answers, but like your brother who you escape with, he has like epilepsy or something. And he, ha he has spells from it. And they were, the Inquisition was coming for your brother because he's obviously possessed by the devil. And your mom was like the, that era's equivalent of a doctor trying to figure out what the fuck was wrong with him. And you, you go from, like, escaping the family compound, both your parents being straight murdered, right after your dog gets killed by some underground monster thing, to a town where it goes from, like, you running from the populace to accidentally killing someone. And this is where the game's kind of brilliant, because we as video game players are like, fuck it, whatever, murder, who cares? The protagonist, Amicia, is a like thirteen, is like a teenage girl who has lived a pretty good life and like she's a bit of a tomboy, so it kind of makes sense what she's up to. But she has never murdered anyone before. She is not okay with this situation. So after like using her sling to kill someone, she freaks the fuck out and like spends the next two minutes being like, "I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do this." You have like and you're trying to play the game while it's happening, but she's like. Oh God! What did I do? And you're like, yeah. What did we do? We we killed someone. Ah. Yeah. I, yeah. I played a game. I've been. 
I've played a game called Shadwin, which had kind of a similar thing going on in that um, essentially your character is kind of caring for another younger character. Yep, that's what this game is. And and so and so you you are an assassin though. But the thing is, is like you if she sees you do things or finds the bodies, it freaks her out like in a serious huge way. Yeah, this and is, it, and I and it can change the change the course of events and the ending, uh, depending on like like how often you straight up like you know assassinate people or murder sure. people, and if she and what she sees of what you do. I um, don't think but, this game has that. Like, it's the there's not a lot of choices. Like, it's the Amicia has to do what she has to do, but what she has to do is like. The game is a puzzler. Like the game is a puzzler with light combat elements. Like your weapon is a okay. sling. It's mostly sneaking about, though. Like if anything hits you, you die instantly. Kind of thing. Often in a like Tomb Raider one esque graphic cutscene. Like not quite that crazy, but like the game has like guards cut you in half or the rats eat you or whatever. Like so, uh, hmm. getting to it. Like so, th- the main enemy of this game, as much as it's in the, the Inquisition, is also the Black Plague rats, yeah. and. That's where the puzzle aspects of the game comes in. Because the game establishes pretty early on that the rats don't like the sun. Or they don't like light. So a lot of this game is pulling moments where you have a torch and you have to cross a field of corpses. And the corpses are gross, but then nightfall happens and all of the rats come out. So it's you walking through a wriggling, screeching, beautifully rat-tacked, rat-physics field of murderous vermin and your character freaking the fuck out because of this like one of the most brutal moments in the game was you're i've gone through a room and i have this lantern thing set up on a pedestal and a guy's coming i see me and run i'm like oh shit i gotta move that lantern and you move it and rats just fucking pour over him from a hallway and eat him alive oh wow and i mean she goes oh god i'm so sorry and you're like yeah that's fucked and like, yeah. the, the rats are genuinely terrifying. They squeal, like, them being around is uncomfortable. And, like, when they're in mass, it's this, like, pulsating, grotesque, Lovecraftian, like, swarm around you. Like, I, I, I made the joke of rat tech, but, like, the rat tech of this game is fucking impressive. It is gross in a way a lot of games don't have. Yeah, and I, overall, I, I like the game a lot. I've, I've been playing more Rage because I kind of wanted to, like, Rage is the more popular game, so I'm going to talk about for this podcast. Like the only complaint I have about a Plague's Tale, like a couple complaints, I guess. It's like technically, it's got some glitches, but also I got the game for forty bucks, so it is technically a discount title. It is way more of a game than I thought it was going to be. Down to like in the first two hours, you will get like the hero armor, and it's never called that. Like you get this nice old lady helps you out, and she gives you like her grandchildren's clothing, and Amicia goes from like person in believable thing to like girl in leather armor ish thing with awesome neck guard and like elbow guard thing so it's a little weird but hmm. I, it, it's a video game at that point well yeah that sounds yeah that sounds like a really cool i like narrative heavy games it's it's a lot of fun sometimes sometimes you don't care about narrative you know something's just for the fun of it but sometimes it's also nice to get a game with some Really cool storyline and plotline stuff going on. Yeah, it's it, it's a cool game. Like, I, it's 
the, the game pairings work instant, interestingly because on one hand you've got like Super Depression Simulator, which is a Plague's Tale, and on the other hand you have like Rage, which is like murder is cool, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Go on and kill those people. Life is meaningless. Nihilism. Then you've got a Plague's Tale where it's like. Oh God! I can't believe my family is dead, and I just murdered these three people with a rock by accident. Oh God! I'm going to hell. Why is life precious and so fragile? Back to rage. Life is meaningless. Punch him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun game pairing. The, the, the two go well together. We're like when you're getting sick of one, you go to the other, and you're like, ah, yes, the opposite end of the spectrum. But yeah, both are great games. If I had to pick one, I'd if if you can only play one, I'd pick a Plague Tale. It's much better, I think. Like it's technical issues aside, I think it's a more rewarding game. It's got something to say. It's dark. It's yeah, yeah. Just out of curiosity, do you have the NBA Jam announcer for Rage Two? I thought I did, but I have yet to figure out how to turn that on. I think that's a so it refers to it as a cheat and I don't think I have access to that till after I beat the game and I'm not gonna lie I think this game I think Rage 2 would be better if I had that NBA Jam announcer already <laughs> like that's, that's I, what I was saying I'm pretty sure you should have gotten it at the beginning it sounds weird yeah like it's weird because this game is like trying to be serious enough that part of me is like, no, when I punch some dude into a building, I kind of want the game to yell boom shakalaka. Because like, <laughs> it's, it's not ridiculous enough. That's the problem. Like, I, it, I, I, I fully admit I kind of ultimately bought this game because they were like, yo, we're doing this NBA jam announcer pack. I'm like, dude, that sounds dumb. I'm totally in for that. And I think the game needs it. But also, I think, like, a Plague's Tale Innocence would be fucking hilarious and horrible if, like, the first time you kill someone, Amicia is freaking out, you hear, boom, shakalaka! You're like, oh, God, this is off tone. <laughs> Maybe every game needs an announcer yelling, boom, shakalaka, when you commit headshot murder. But what do I know? That's what I've been up to. I, Romstein has a new album out. It's fine. I, it's, it's, you're not listening to it low volume like I did initially, because it does not do low volume well. It's artsy. It's more Romstein. Don't look up the lyrics; mm. they're disturbing. <laughs> yeah, I also can confirm that you can get returns from the Epic Store pretty easily. So, if we were concerned about That's that. Good. Yeah. Who's next? I guess I'll go real quick. Um. Well, we did it. We finally killed Jaina Proudmore, or rather, we stopped her at five percent health, and she's like, "Not this time, my pretties. Next time." And <laughs> I'm yes. Jana Proudmore. I'll get you and your little dog yet. Ruby Shoes. <laughs> That's what World of Warcraft is, right? Proud... Yes. <laughs> Jana Proudmore sound like Harry Ford. <laughs> oh. I'm Jana Proudmore. See, I'll get you next time, adventurers. I'm Henry Ford. I'm going to go murder some horses. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Jana Proudmore. <laughs> Henry Ford, I mean Jana Proudmore. I mean neither of those historical figures. <laughs> but yes, uh, my father yeah, was an so admiral. We... <laughs> a magic admiral. That's kind of Proudmore. I'm sorry. Yes, it is very accurate. That's actually how the RP went down at yeah. the end. But uh, yeah, so we killed her. So now we can play the game. 
by farming it out every week for the mounts. Congratulations. So, what are the yes, mounts? Yes, it's it's it, we get we get her water elemental as a mount. That's a cool mm. one. Yeah, it actually looks really fucking cool because it, it has a different model than the normal water elementals, and it looks really cool. So, looking forward to flying around in that. Oh, it flies. Next, uh, yes, it does. It's a, it's an earth elemental. It's flying water. I'm sorry, in Warcraft three elementals didn't fly, so they just kind of rolled on the ground and then like shot at. The sky. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Henry Ford's day. Yeah. Water elementals were contrived to the ground like water. Don't talk to me about rain. <laughs> yeah, so now I uh, look forward to farming it out every week, and that'll be fun. Um, other than that, didn't really do too much. Just kind of been uh, hanging about. Sure. Chilling, if you will. Um, I don't know if I told you guys, but I picked up that PS4 two-pack version game of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And How the other is one. that? It's Rond- Rondo of Blood. Oh, R- Rondo of Blood is a great game. If you really like, if you want to have the most fun playing it, don't play as Richter. Play as Maria. Okay. Yeah, she's way more fun and just kind of hilarious, also. But she also has better movement. Mm. It, it, she has a lot, kind of. But yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's the fastest way to beat the game. If you, if, but also she's a lot more fun, and also she's ridiculous. Also, way overpowered. Like, of course, she she basically makes the game easy mode in a lot of ways because her her special weapons, her heart powered special weapons, are super good and just melt enemies. Mm. So my question then here becomes: Is that basically like a? Symphony of the Night, but in the with different characters, or because I haven't played. It's it a all. prequel. It's a prequel. Oh, it's a prequel. The okay. last, the last fight in Rondo of Blood is the intro to Symphony of the Night, but obviously a lot harder. Yeah, but yeah, the intro. If if you remember, you know, the intro to Symphony of the Night is a battle of Richter with Dracula. Yes, and then it, and then it goes into the game. And then there's a time lapse, and then it goes into the game proper. Well, that's the last battle of Rondo. Rondo of Blood. It and that's ah. that's literally the last battle. Every part of it. So yeah, I mean Rondo of Blood. If you notice, like most of the sprites in Cynthia Knight are from Rondo of Blood, like okay. most of them, as, well, as well as some from like the Super Castlevania Four. But also like it's it's just con- literally it's just continuing the story. You get an older Maria and an and an older Richter, and yeah, I mean so. I think it's Rondo is a really, really great game. It just introduces a lot of even like even more mechanics than the previous games. And for example, the super weapon, the ability to use a super version of your of your secondary sub weapons. Mm. But yeah, the, oh yeah, I, I'm a, I've been a Castlevania fan for a long time, so I kind of know a lot about this. Including like being pretty knowledgeable about the speed runs of both Rondo and Castlevania, or Symphonia Night, I mean. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. So so, have you played through Rondo already, all the way? No, actually, I haven't touched that one. I, I went back to playing Symphonia Night because that's the reason I bought it originally is because I was talking about Symphonia Night uh, with my girlfriend, and I told her you should check this out, and so I had her try it out, and she's been kind of dabbling in it a little bit. But I thought about maybe jumping on and. 
playing through Symphony of the Night and then maybe trying out the other one because this is a two pack game. So I would I would um, Rondo of Blood is interesting. It also has multiple paths, which hadn't had only hadn't been done in that many Castlevania games. Like Castlevania Three had has multiple paths, but yeah, okay. there's multiple paths in stage. But in a lot of ways, Rondo plays like a classic Castlevania game, and I'd say it's it's kind of the last of the you know non Metroidvania style Castlevania games. Okay, it's, we get to those awesome very... gritty 3D ones. Yeah, said no one. But yeah, it'll, it'll, but even you know Symphony of the Night started into the Metroidvania thing, whereas yeah, Rondo is in a lot of ways much like Castlevania One. It's there's a straight way through even though there is some alternate paths you can take it's just there is a definite beginning and an end and you can't just like go back and forth between levels it's not open world in any way so yeah it plays more traditionally more linearly but there's a lot to be found and there's a lot of things to do gotcha well yeah definitely uh, well you have to find maria before you can play as her it's not too difficult to find her to be to be honest um, okay. But once you find her, then you can like actually go back to the, like to the screen and select her as playable. And so, oh, yeah. See, I actually even own the Saturn version of Symphony of the Night, which is its own beast for a lot of different reasons. But yeah, yeah. no, this Symphony of the Night is. I mean, it plays okay, but the voice acting in this one, I guess they took the one from uh, some other version, not like the PSP version or something mm. they released. Yeah. The voice acting is very fucking whack. Like, it's the best way to describe it is that the voice acting in, in the PS4 version is whack. Well it's, just, <laughs> well, it's just hilarious in the original version. The original one's so good, but that's what makes it fun. Like, it, it's, it's <laughs> kind of cheesy on purpose. Yeah. What is a man? A miserable little pile of secrets. What have at you? Yeah. Ah, Truly like, the version of uh, something that we've always deserved. Yeah. This one sucks. So, but yeah, um, other than that, that's pretty much been my week, so, yarp. <laughs> cool. Henry? Yeah. Yep. Well, I've been playing games as well. I played another game of the Stories Untold series. There's there's four games in, in it, as I mentioned last week. Uh, this week, I played one called The Lab Conduct. And it's also a, I, it's a mixture of point and click, but, but also mostly a text adventure. There again, a type into a terminal type of text adventure, but there again, it's, it, it twists that on its head. The Mm. story is cool. It definitely has a great twist to it. I don't want to give anything away. I feel like if I talk about it at all, it just gives away too much about it. Sure. It's, it's super good. It's it's themed slightly differently. It's more sci-fi than than, and that's immediate when you when you flip it on. So that's not really that's not really giving anything away. Okay. But yeah, it's mm. sci-fi as opposed to the house abandoned being more horror themed. But yeah, uh, lab the lab conduct super good, super creative. It's just I am very impressed with what they've managed to do with what is ostensibly a, a text adventure. It's just the atmosphere, the music is super good. The atmosphere is excellent. It's just, and it's playing with the idea in ways that I wouldn't expect. So yeah, super good game. Cool. Definitely mm. highly recommend it. Is it? I reckon, you, and like 
Does it plenty different from the first one, or is it still just kind of traditional text adventure? It's it still it has more to it, and so there is a little more than that. Okay, so you have a little more than just typing into a text console. So there is a progression to it, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Like there, it is a sequel in a the added stuff to it way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since as I mentioned, the first one you can still, as far as I know, you can still pick it up for free, and because it was made made in three days, mm. and so it was it was very quickly made game. So it's obvious that with the lab conduct that they really took the extra time to make it a little more special. Sure. It didn't take that much longer to play through, but there's a lot more to it. And so, I don't. there again, I don't want to give anything away about it, but yeah, pick up stories untold. It's super good. I'm sure the other two, when I get to them, are also going to be super good. Third one just punches uh, you in the I, dick repeatedly. <laughs> Why would so, a yeah, game do uh, this? But uh, yeah, no, it was definitely an improve. It was you know, I could see just the improvement, the fact that they had more time to to develop it and really took the time to do so and make it good. Um, I also nice. played another. I played more games. I played something called Strange Telephone, which that's a very recent one. It came out uh, this year, I believe. But Strange Telephone, it is an adventure game. It's Kind of like the old point-and-click games where it's kind of like pick up this item, find out what to use it on or who to give it to mm. or what to use the thing with. And it and the premise is, and the main game mechanic is, you basically have you have a telephone. You have this, this kind of weird mystical telephone and you dial numbers in it. It's six digits, just six digits. And they take you to different realms. Mm-hmm. And very small, short realms. Like, when I say small, extremely small, and you walk, and then you kind of walk into the next number. Like, if you go right, you'll go one digit up. And if you go left, you'll go one digit down. It always shows the number in kind of the top left corner, the current number. But also, you can only spend a certain amount of time in the phone dimension before it automatically kicks you out. Explain this phone dimension. So, when you dial a number, it brings up... It's not randomly determined... But I think that they have, the way they programmed it, it is relatively random. But essentially, you go into this little level, and there's maybe a certain number of things. So there's maybe about six themes that a level can be, and what it contains varies can varies wildly. So and it can contain contain different items or different things you can interact with, or just kind of scenery. So what is the gameplay like? So I guess like let me fill in the gaps, and you can. Correct me if I'm wrong. Plays very much like an old Sierra game. You walk back and forth. You can pick things up. You can put things down. You can you can interact with objects. You can interact with like so. Other is, it, is it a side characters. scroller technically at certain points? Yeah, or is it, side, okay, yeah okay. it's a side scroller. Okay, gotcha. It is a side scroller. It is very much like an old Sierra game. But the game mechanic is cool because essentially you can experiment with phone numbers. Yeah, there's so a, that's there's what I was going to ask. So basically, it's you call a phone number. You get dropped into some type of like mini level thing with level specific goals, or objectives, or collectibles. And Not su- really. There's no objective. The I mean, you go into each one, and eventually, what you have to do is you have to find what object goes with what. But it'll be in different levels and in different like you're you'll do a lot of exploring okay. using the phone to gotcha, try gotcha. to find because thing is not every theme will contain every item. Yeah, like it or like a theme. You go to the theme one time, it has these flowers, and you go to another time, the flowers aren't there, but something else is there. And you, and you go to another 
place with the same theme, and it has all of the above. So, I mean, it's... So, it can take some time, and it, you can, like, start writing down numbers and kind of... There's a phone book that also keeps track of stuff. Okay. But also, you'll probably end up taking some of your own notes of what was in that scene and what a thing does and what you how you think a thing might work. So, how there do is you a, progress? Like, what is the progression? Just, just like in a Sierra game, you try to find the right item to use with the right thing. So you have an inventory and it's like use thing on thing. Well, so are you trying to like solve a puzzle or something? Like, is there like... There's a number of small puzzles. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And, a, and there's a num- and there's like 12 endings. And so what you're, I guess what you're ultimately trying to find is all 12 endings. And so what you do, and there again, like you have to have certain items and certain sequence events to trigger certain endings. Yeah, and so the, that's what you spend spend the game time doing. That's what I was getting out of the gameplay question. So it's you're you're jumping into the phone dimension to grab items to bring them back to the not phone dimension to then do the text to adventure aspects of it to kind of solve the puzzle to get the ending. That's what I was trying to get at. Well, there's no there's no text adventure aspect. Oh, the, sorry, Telephone. the the use thing on thing a, aspect. Yeah, and so but you don't use anything outside. It's all in the phone dimension. Oh, okay. It's it, you. The only, you, there is an outside of phone dimension. I guess your hub world, but all it has is is there's a door there, and you know. Well, sorry, yeah, but you're bringing items with you into like from phone dimension to phone dimension, or from like world. To world. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. That makes and sense. And there, as and as I mentioned before, if you like just walk to the right in one di- in one phone number, you'll go into the next one, which is one digit up, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it's it's really it's a really interesting game. The game mechanic is fun, and and I thing is, I used to play those the old Sierra games like King's Quest and stuff like that. So the gameplay is very familiar to me, but it's just it's done really well. I think it's very creative. It won't take you very long to finish if you play it. To be honest, it's not a long game, but it's well done, and it's uh, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Mm. Um, uh, another game that I got around to playing this this week was Rogue Legacy, and oh. that's a it's a it's a two D side scrolling rogue ish game where the kind of castle you go into is randomly generated, it's procedurally generated, and so that and it's an old game, but they recently like this year as in last month came out with an update. Just out of the blue, just very like. I heard here's about an update this. Yeah. On, here's an update for a game that we that's like from five or six years ago, or even longer. I mean, this game's been around a while. Actually, I think it's older than that. But in any case, Rogue Legacy. Yeah, there's a new update, and it fixed some things, and it introduced the ability to use a very popular mod that somebody developed for the game, and now you can just. You can just launch the game with that mod. That's cool. And they they streamlined that, but they also added in some more fixes and tweaks. It's just weird to get. What does a the mod do update. out of curiosity? It adds more bosses. It changes some of the character classes in different ways, in oh. really good ways, actually, in my opinion. It makes the mage, the arc arc mage, actually super good. Like instead of just really weak, mm. it makes them makes them it makes it it makes sense now to actually pick a mage. Sure. 
Whereas in the past, they were just really weak, and their spells got used up, their spell would get used up too quickly, and so you'd just kind of be stuck for a while. But yeah, they added in several new mechanics into that to make them better, and they added some mechanics to make the more vanilla classes more interesting, like they added in a mechanic for the soldier and paladin so Ooh. that when they get low in life, they actually get an attack boost. So, yeah... So the mod is actually a really good mod, and but it's just bizarre. After all these years, an update, it's it's a great game. It's a fun game. I like it a lot. I remember being frustrated but, by it back in the day. Is the praise I can give to a rogue game. Yeah, and so and it, and it's not frustrating because of the mechanics. It's frustrating because you know, you genuinely feel like I could have survived that if I was a little better. Yeah, that's. That's oh, yeah, how you hard. generally feel in this game. Yeah, it's hard game. It's hard for the right reason. But yeah, it's yeah. This many years later, here's an update. Really? Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'll check it out. And I did a lot, <laughs> quite a bit this week because I do like the game a lot. And yeah, the update's fantastic. It's it's made the game more fun. It actually managed to make the game more fun. The tweaks to the classes are fantastic they are super great so cool but yep i guess other than that i've been well i've been binge watching some game of thrones and i'm looking forward to watching game of thrones today um uh, and looking forward to the story ending in a certain sense in a satisfying uh, way that no all... complaint that no fans can complain about that nobody will ever complain about ever said nobody ever <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but it's uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'm. I know we don't. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's one of my. It's a great series. I'm right here. I'm drinking from a Game of Thrones mud mug as we speak. A, ah, uh, it's 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 Earl Grey tea. Alex course. isn't the only yeah. shill on the podcast. I see. What's yep. it like working for HBO, Henry? <laughs> yeah, I I have a. Uh, I have a mug. It is from House Terrell. I just, I just like their sigil, the way it looks, and I also like, I liked those characters on Game of Thrones. It's a very you but, house in some ways. <laughs> but I, I like, I like, well, yeah. So yeah, I like Game of Thrones a lot, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the last episode. Yeah, maybe we'll actually do a spoiler cast we threatened to do after that episode goes up. <laughs> Assuming Alex is still talking to the world. <laughs> Maybe I'm. I'm. This this season has been. It's all right. So I think. No, uh, no, no. Know, we, we do not why... have time, and this is not the place to go into this in greater detail. But I'll just mention you know... this. I do think that ever since they've kind of been outriding, you know, ahead of the books, that's where they've been hurting. Sure. To be honest, but yeah, I mean that's. That's you know up for debate, but yeah. What what's not but up for debate I... though is we have video game news to get to. Yeah, we do. That's right. News. <laughs> this is such a weird week for news. Um, because Alex Slow. was talking about rating last week, but it's not like there's two giant things that happened this week, and uh, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Like if we're still doing main topics, there's a thing that there are two things this week that are, could have been 
main topics all to themselves. But yeah, I guess we'll start off with some softball things. Uh, yeah, surprising no one, Riot continues to be fucking garbage. The uh, While the uh, walkout we talked about last week was kind of air quotations effective, they have not given employees that are existing employees the right to opt out of arbitration and have been kind of shitty about everything since. Yep, because all the shit they did prior to this happening up is really fucking bad. Yeah. And they sure shit don't want people to talk about it. it doesn't look great. Yep. yep. And and to their and to the credit of the employees, they're threatening more. Yep. They're they're saying, "Oh, well, you're you're you, we walked out and you're really not going to take that seriously. We're going to do more." We're, I mean, I I see a strike in the in the near future. Yeah. And for a game, for a for a company like Riot and a game like League of Legends, a strike will cripple them. Yeah, it's a live game, which means it has to have constant content updates, so having mm-hmm. a couple down days mm-hmm. is a problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, yeah, I hope, I honestly, I personally hope that they do it. I hope they strike. I want, there again, I am for collective bargaining, and I you know, I personally just want a union, but this is this is a start, and this is the start. It would be fascinating if this is how Riot Games ends. Like, it's mm, like Riot oh, Games wow. won't end overnight Gee. kind of thing. It's too big to do that, but, like, yeah. rewind three years, and if you ask me, like, how the fuck do you kill Riot, I'd be like, I-, I don't know, blow up the building, and, like, no, this is the actual answer. It's the people finally get fed up enough, they start walking out and leaving, and when a game that requires kind of constant work to be being done to keep it live, not that the games are going to fall off the cliff, but like the the sell of the game is, hey, we're adding stuff constantly. Not having that stuff coming constantly, a la Anthem, kills the game. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I hope. Yeah, there again, I'm I my full support behind the employees of Riot. Moving on from that, uh, Minecraft Earth is a AR game for your phone. That's kind of like Pokemon Go. Has anyone got I a chance think, uh, to play this yet? I, nope, there are nope. ways of getting into it. I did not pursue them oh, because really? I, I guess you can play it in Australia, I think, or something like that. Or that might be hmm. the new Pokemon game they just put out that people seem underwhelmed by. It does. Say, it does say that there's a closed beta that you can sign up for. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And that, but that won't that won't begin for a while. But you can sign up for it now, apparently. Um, I'm I'm kind of down for it, and I don't even play. I honestly don't really play brow or phone games very often at all. Sure. I'm I'm not a. But honestly, I I'd, I'd probably kind of play this because. Yeah. Uh, I think it's what I'm looking at. What it does, it's going to be more dangerous than Pokemon Go. Horribly more dangerous. Well, so that's the, I don't know what this game is. Like, do you get to build stuff and then drop them into geotags that you can only see via Pokemon? Not via Pokemon Go, via the app. Like, because that's kind of cool. Yeah, hypothetically. yeah, that's a part of it. Yeah, you can create permanent fixtures in the game. Apparently. Okay, that's cool. Which is crazy, and but also we'll just turn. Well, it says like I here is see an example of the uh, sidewalks become mines with various things like diamonds that you can mine from them. Sure, park with trees that contain skeletons, kind of RPG ish. I'm guessing it's a bit like the Minecraft 
like adventures games as opposed you to mean the Minecraft Telltale one, which vanilla. is absolutely garbage terrible. Uh, hopefully not garbage terrible, but it sounds like it's it's trying to be more. I I guess well well I mean I guess Minecraft when you're playing survival is RPG ish, but that's what and that seems to be what they're going for. But oh, it sounds dangerous. We will it see. Sounds, yeah. I get. Uh, it sounds dangerous. It, People going for that for that. You know, oh, it's a it's diamond not really, mine. Uh, it's not really. An and AR it's in game. the middle of the street. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, an AR game. We all know my dark stance, which is it's not an AR game for someone pushes someone off a roof. <laughs> <laughs> happened <sighs> with ha- happened with um Ingress. Probably happened with Pokemon Go. It'll happen with this. Yep. Yep. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I'm on. I'm on board to check it out. I might even sign up yeah. for the uh, for the beta. One of us should. And I almost never sign up for betas. Hmm. But it's. I like the idea. I like Minecraft. I've liked Minecraft for a long time, even though I hardly ever get on it anymore. But I do like Minecraft a lot. I, I guess in that same vein, this news came out as part of the ten years and a ten year anniversary of Minecraft. Uh yes, yes. yes. Congratulations, Minecraft. You are almost old, en- old enough to make bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What next? Speaking of bad decisions, yeah, this is actually a pretty easy one. Uh, that Epic store is happening. Mm-hmm. They're doing a mega sale a la the kind of Steam summer sale, and it's been kind of a mess. Oh, it's been a crapshoot of fucking yeah. mess. With, like, wow. Fluctuations. So, they... from what I've been hearing, there's fluctuations in pricing, oh, yeah. and then all of a sudden, people are just like, no, we're pulling a fucking game from the so, sale. This is kind of a multi-tier thing. Let's start off mm. with what the sale actually is, and then we'll get to yeah. our mad internet witch hunt in a second, Alex. I know that's what you're here <laughs> for. You fucking Steam, Valve ass shill. Get back on Twitch IO. We get it. You're not you don't like the Fortnite launcher store. We get it. <laughs> I hate the idea of exclusivity, but go on. I would argue that PC is all about exclusivity, but whatever. Um so the as the actual basic of the store, Epic is offering $10 off every single game on the store, priced over $14.99. That included pre-orders. I say Ed at the end of include because it seems like everyone that had a pre-orderable game on there may have pulled their game off by now. Yep. So, yep. Uh, the kind of the, the first warning that maybe something wasn't on the up and up was that, uh, Vampire the Masquerade uh, Bloodlines, sorry. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, that's too many words for a title, got yanked <laughs> pretty early on in the sale, and it was followed by several other games, including, um, as of today, uh, fuck, uh, Gearbox's uh, Borderlands 3. I'm assuming it will be back once the sale is over. That's, that's the kind of general impression I've gotten from all of this stuff. But th- they weren't cool with $10 off their pre-orders, apparently. And as it's come yeah. out, apparently Epic didn't tell the publishers and developers they were doing this. Yeah. And, alright, so I think the weirdest part of the story is what... 
this just shows what happens when you have a company that wasn't necessarily making as much money in the past as they are now. Yeah. Like now they just have so much money. So they're just, they're throwing their money at problems. And so one of the things they're doing with the sale is instead of the publishers taking a hit, they are taking a hit. So the $10 off each game is actually paid for by Epic. I think. Yeah. That's for some reason I thought Valve also did that. No. Okay. No. No, no, no. I think they have before, but that's not a general policy at all. That's bizarre. And there again, it's just like, it's uh, simply because they're like, we want to compete with Steam. We want to do a big summer sale. Sure. How do we do it? Let's throw money at this problem instead of actually trying to do things right. And yeah, yeah, well well done on completely screwing up what should be a gimme easy thing. <laughs> running a sale. How do you screw up running a sale? Well, ask Epic. <laughs> yeah, Epic! Wow. And this is... But... Yeah, yeah. How, do you, how do you mess that up that bad? Like I said, it's just... Instead of doing it right, they're just like, throw money at it! And that failed miserably because people don't want their pre-orders and brand new games already on discount. That's something you do with games that have been out a while and their sales have been dropping a bit. Yeah, that's that's bizarre. I mean, well, it, but it's not necessarily that the sales are dropping. And I was I was actually reading up on this, and I thought it was a really interesting topic. It's the concept that if your game is a cheaper value right off the bat, people just assume it's a bad game. Yeah. They, they they devalue it. Oh yeah, yeah. They oh, yeah. Devalue, and apparently, there's this human psychological thing. Like people will pay more for a premium to know what it is. It's the same phenomena that you see with like Nike and oh, Apple. Yep. I did. Like, sure, they make clothes and they're okay, but. You pay for the prestige of knowing that it's that's valued. That's more. brands yeah. in general, though. At that point, like, yeah, yeah. But but honestly, that's that's what you, what I do as a contractor. Like the second I stopped underselling myself as a contractor is the second that I actually started making money. No joke. It's because I mean that's the thing. If you put yourself out there for cheap or even for free, it's just like that's how much they think you're going to be worth. Yes, like, that's how much they think your time is worth. But if you say straight up, like, no, nah, my time is worth $75 an hour, and we negotiate from here, then they're going to be like, well, th that automatically values you higher. They're like, well, I guess he's, he's a guy who can ask for yeah. 75 an hour. Yeah. So that that's that's the reason a lot of these big publishers are just like, why the fuck are you devaluing our stuff already? Yeah. Because then you have the same situation with like games like Fallout 76, which people know are bad, but the value on that game drops so bad in terms of, like, cost and everything, like, that it was getting bundles as a free giveaway when you bought a controller. Yeah. Like... Yeah, that's... Like, so, it, I mean, it, it, and that's the thing. When you devalue something, in literal terms, it devalues it in people's eyes. And that's... Yeah. And I totally get... And the funny thing is, this week also, as a little side note, Epic is getting a BAFTA award. <laughs> so, well done, Epic. Also, terrible job, Epic. <laughs> yeah, but it's... On one hand, I get what Epic's <laughs> trying to do. Like it's, I miss the, the games. Yes, but also I miss the days back when, like, and this was a long ass time ago. You preordered a game, you got a discount. I, I, I might be talking like nothing, no times past like 2005, but there was a time I remember where if you preordered a game, you got a discount, not a huge one. Yeah, 
but uh, enough oh, of that, one. It still it still happens now. I mean, it's not with all games. But I definitely have seen some games on Steam, personally, that have been cheaper on if you bought it pre-sale, or at least sure. included something some huge DLC for free sure. on, on pre-sale. Mm. Were you hanging out with Henry Ford when these games are getting discounted? No, if you no, I wasn't. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watch as I cut yeah, the good. entire Henry Ford bit from the preamble, and Alex just comes off like an asshole there, like attacking <laughs> historical <laughs> figures. It's been like, yeah, fuck Henry Ford for no reason. <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Henry oh. Ford, inventor of like some automobiles and manufacturing lines. Middle fingers up to your historical presidents. I'm Alex. Fuck you. <laughs> I can just imagine like Charlie sitting there like, oh Alex, you thought you were really fucking funny making that joke on the pre <laughs> here. You know, it'd be really funny if somebody me, the editor, makes you sound like a real fucking asshole. Real nice <laughs> the real nice joke you got there, Alex. It'd be a shame if the editors got to it. <laughs> exactly. This is why you don't piss off your editors. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. Well, Epic, good job, guys. Yeah, it's a it- uh- it is nice that we have a kind of bad news story this week that's not so much, like, evil or sinister or, like, man, the world is fucked, but more in kind Just of... incompetence. Like, yeah, the Marx Brothers bumbling over themselves, like, oh, God, all this money fell in the fire because I was walking next to the fire with it. How do I put it out with my face? <laughs> uh, I my hair's yeah. on fire. What did I do wrong? You tried to put the fa- you tried to- I got this bucket full of liquid. It's definitely not gasoline. It's totally gasoline. <laughs> what do we do? Throw money at it. Yep. Oh, no, the money was yeah. Fired. <laughs> Why didn't anyone tell me dollar bills were flammable? Shit! <laughs> <laughs> now that fire is uh... for the half million dollars. God damn it. Now two million dollars. How did that go up? It raised in value. That's all right. Just release a new skin on Fortnite. We'll be fine. Yep. Yeah, kind of. Oh, God. Release the fire skin. Right? But we fucked up and need money skin. <laughs> is that what the John Wick skin is they added to Fortnite? Like, it's the official John Wick skin. It's just them being like, ah, fuck, we need money. John Wick it. Yep. Well, they actually already had a John Wick yes, skin. Yes, it was before. unofficial. This one actually looks good. Yeah. This one oh, does it? looks oh. dead on like Keanu Reeves. It just looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. It's and impressive. It, I love Keanu. And, and it comes with the yeah. John Wick, Um, what's it called? Uh, combat mode, which is just Fortnite with three lives per character and coins. Yes. Oh. Well, I may I may jump in and play Fortnite. No, you're not. Really... You'll say that, but you'll be all like, no, I have to open the launcher. I don't give a fuck about the launcher. I give a fuck about the exclusivity part of it and locking it down. That's what I complain about. I don't care that it's on that launcher. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will play Fortnite just to try out John Wick, just like I considered playing Fortnite and played it for the Thanos thing. But that's it. Other than that, I have no interest sure. in playing it. Yeah, I've only played it a couple of times myself, to be honest. The Infinity Gauntlet in the game was fucking fun. <laughs> so, but anyway. You know what's more fun? What? The Division 2 raid. Mm. Oh, yes. I actually need to finish getting level. Well, I need to start gearing up. I'm already max level, so I just need to work my way up the rest of this stuff. So, uh, normally we don't talk about video game raids on this podcast unless they're Alex trying to fight Jaina. Apparently the last couple <laughs> weeks. I Elsa proud. We should put a stop to that. But... Uh, yeah, so the Division mm-hmm. 2 raid is noteworthy or newsworthy, if you will, 
for a couple kind of weird mixing of news stories. None of these would be newsworthy on their own, but by their powers combined, they are... Yeah, you're not mentioned on the Wicked Awesome Cast Planet, Captain Guy. Fuck, I messed up that joke. Man, I'm Alex this week. God damn it. Ah, but yes. <laughs> the Division 2 raid is upon us. It is a raid uh, a la Destiny or other video games that involve loot shooting and raids. Uh, multi-stage, a save after each instance, and the PC version of the game was cleared in about five hours. I believe it mm. took them 36 hours to successfully clear it on console at all. And what? So that's cuz PC gamers are more skilled than console. No, players. actually. Go on. Go on. So the explanation <laughs> given is that there is a point in the in the raid pretty early on that given the speed at which you can rotate and literally the frame rates the games run at, it becomes significantly harder on console than on PC. Whoa. Because consoles are inferior to PCs. You go on. I so, so it's the boomer encounter has a point where you have to spin around and shoot flying drones, and apparently, just the precision. Like they did not balance for the lack of precision available via kind of controller. And I guess like it's, mm. it's an instance of like the sixty frames a second fucking matters. Why? Well, you're running and gunning against weak enemies without going into cover, yep. which the game doesn't do great on its own. But when you're like, I'm gonna play it on PC. I'll only play it on PC. I remember the console version. For Division One, having some weird problems that occasionally popped up, so I'm not totally surprised by this being a problem. Like it, this is this mm. is absolutely an instance where frame rate seems to matter because higher frame rate means higher precision and hit scanning and all that jazz. So it is possible to miss things you were indeed aiming at with lower kind of frame rates, mm. especially if it's busy where you have lots of stuff flying around. You're trying to hit stuff with precision. I, it's and this kind of again, like it's the this is not super newsworthy unto itself, but it comes on the heels of it being revealed that the raid had no matchmaking. Despite the fact they were kind of waving a scarf going, Yoo-hoo, players! They'll be matchmaking in the raid! You know what? I'm going to be the counter-argument on this one. I'm actually glad... Yeah, I, I, I don't think raids should have matchmaking, personally, but... Yeah, I, I 100% agree, and I'll use a prime example of a game where the complete matchmaking environment has ruined the social aspect Destiny of the Destiny 2. And that's... World of Warcraft as well. Mm. See, back in the day in World of Warcraft, you had to jump in trade, and you had to look in general chat please, and find please, players please, to put together let a raid. the veteran World of Warcraft player talk where you knew Scrub doesn't know. Back then, you had to look into looking for group. Yeah. yeah. LFG, you also checked baby. trade in general, and, and you just saw postings for raids constantly. You also had to be able to join TeamSpeak and Ventrilo channels mm -hmm. for for putting together raids. And back then, server identity fucking mattered. Because if you were an asshole in a raid, people fucking remembered you. And then if you acted like an asshole, you didn't get invited to shit in the future. And you couldn't pay for a name change. And even if when they did introduce name changes, there was a way of tracking those name changes so you could keep an archive of shitty fucking players. It was called pen and paper. So when that... Yeah. Yep. And when that asshole stole that piece of loot, you knew don't join that person's fucking raid because they're fucking assholes. Don't do that. The, raid you're, the, the word you're looking the, for is ninja this, that loot, Alex. This is back when it was still about ninjaing shit. But, but, the, they, but the thing it. is, is, is like, yeah. for me, as a person who doesn't really play all that often and definitely does not play anything 
often enough to actually be a part of a guild or a group or even just other people that I play with, to be honest. It's like, I like to be able to hop into something and then play it, and I kind of require matchmaking for that. And so, yeah, as a player who's more, like, 99% of the time, I'm not playing with people I know in any game that I play. 99% of the time. And so for me to make the game, a game like that fun, make a raid fun, I have to have matchmaking or else it just means I don't get to play. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can see where you're coming from with that one, but like, I, I was nowhere near a hardcore player back then, and I was still able to find community links and like pe- groups to find. Like they were always advertising in trade. Like you'd always find a group as long as there's like a so general chat. What you were touching you on though is that like that game, despite not having an official one, did have an official way to group up and stuff. Like. There is no real chat option in Division. There's no real chat option in games like Destiny. Like I, As someone who raided yeah. hardcore in Destiny 1 and had to use the 100 website to do that, like, mm-hmm. do, do I wish there was an in-game version of that in Destiny? Yes. At the time, because I had nothing better to do with my life, I was doing the 100 a lot. Like This is when I was unemployed the, a couple rounds ago. Mm-hmm. Having it built into the game removes kind of the extra need of it kind of thing. And also, those games are already mm-hmm. inherently built around the raids. Like, if, as cool as the raids are in Destiny, they're not the main thing you do all the time, especially because they're reset events, and they take time. Like, I, Yeah. You, you don't have a raid group as often as you want to in those games if you're a solo player. Like, it's, I, I wound up with a raid group because of the 100, because... There was a group of people that like knew me and knew I could carry a team pretty well, and that just were like, okay, yeah, he's on around this time. If we want to raid, let's invite him quickly, and he'll probably jump in and just kind of bust through it, even if he's already done it for this week. But I, the point of World of Warcraft is to raid. The point of the Division isn't necessarily to raid. The point of Destiny isn't necessarily to raid. It's where it kind of breaks down some, because yes, that is what the developers think the end game is of those games, but it's not just the only thing that Endgame does, and there are tools that are lacking for it. Like it, even a remedial kind of looking for group system to those games, I think would drastically improve. And to be fair, there is a yes. looking for group system in the division. It's just I actually don't know if it covers the raid. Like there is that looking for group terminal system. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that that exists and not the other stuff. And I, and I understand their argument of like, oh, it's too technical. Then the raid doesn't get finished. It just happens whatevs at that point okay yeah (laughs) you still got to go in yeah yeah no i'm 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 kind of for it and that's also kind of the draw for like people talk about classic world of warcraft because it's that aspect of building a server identity and a social aspect of it that has very much been lost i just want to talk about that now in normal wow yeah that's uh, that's kind of why that's that's, we could transition into it transition to that uh we have an official release date for World of Warcraft Classic. Yep. 08, 27, 19, a.k.a. August 27. Mm-hmm. So it's technically still summer 2019. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, it's going down, and just for the record, I am part of the uh, WoW Classic beta right now. So, You know, it's interesting. I There's a speedrunner and general gamer that I watch sometimes. 
uh, called Furious Paul. And he pretty much made his money on this special, it's a, a like a 1 to 30 leveling guide for Vanilla WoW. And now it's like he's starting to put it out there again, now that WoW Classic is going to be a yeah. thing. It, his his mm. guide is kind of growing in popularity again. It, it, but yeah, to but it's a very complete guide. He's the only person who's ever done a World of Warcraft speedrun. Just like a 30 hour speedrun. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he has a guide to leveling, a compl- very, very complete guide to leveling. And he literally bought a house with what he made on that guide. So, but yeah, he's he's streaming again. Uh, he's streaming. Well, he changed his name on to be his his character's name, Joanna, on uh, on World of Warcraft. But yeah, he's he's streaming his stuff again. He's doing some live stuff as well as like doing replays of his previous broadcasts where he's played through it before. But yeah, kind of interesting. I just. As a side note to that, somebody's actually made a very good amount of money just from a vanilla WoW leveling guide. It's crazy. So, how much of the WoW? Yeah. How well, much of the vanilla WoW stuff have you played so far, Alex? Or is it not even out yet? Um, no, it's out. It went out Wednesday. Yeah. The beta started Wednesday officially. So, um, I played a little bit on it. I made a shaman. Um, I could have gone rogue warrior and all that stuff because those I'm a little bit familiar with, but I wanted to go shaman. Uh, just because I, I, I want to experience playing uh, broken shaman. two-handed shaman. Yeah, yeah. broken two-handed Frost shaman with just bitches. wind fury. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, yeah. May, no, may I, I also um, recommend the Affliction Spec Warlock? Yeah. <laughs> that, another one that's pretty fucking that was yeah. the bane of many people's existences. It was possible to kill a character multiple characters pop health items and still die to that warlock. Ah. Uh, I made double with the warlock too then, just because I also enjoyed playing, uh... I did like warlock and new WoW, so I might go back and play old Old warlock, warlock is something... It's a, it's a nightmare to behold. It's beautiful. Pretty, pretty OP. Yeah. Very OP. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. There are many kind of claims of OP-ness that people raged against in vanilla WoW. As someone who played the Warlock, even I was like, yeah, this is pretty broken. This shouldn't yeah. be allowed. This is wrong. <laughs> we but shouldn't be this it, it's actually, It's definitely a, a, a uh, something to get used to when it comes to that game. Yeah. But I don't know if you heard this little tidbit regarding Classic Wilds beta, mm. but Blizzard had to officially release a blue post mentioning that people are reporting bugs that are actually features in WoW Classic. Huh. Like, quest tracking isn't automatically turning yeah. on. <laughs> let me, hold on. Let me, let me give you this list, because the list that they put out there, it's an official WoW Classic, not a bug list. <laughs> so, just to kind of read this off, because we're going to talk about WoW Classic, and I want to wedge this in real quick. So, some of the bugs they talked about was, just so you know, Tarn's hitboxes and their melee reach was slightly larger than other races. That was intended. Yep. Being critically, being critically struck while using sit uh, to sit does not cause abilities like enrage, blood craze, and reckoning to activate. Automatic quest tracking does not automatically track newly accepted quests. Yep. You need to turn yep. that on. Mm-hmm. Warrior health is working. Warrior health regen is working as expected. Uh, quest objects and points of interest are not marked on the map at all. Yep. Yep. Um, 
Completed quests are marked on the minimap with a dot, not a question mark. Uh, feared players and NPCs run fast. Standing on top of other players while facing away allows spells and use spells and attacks to be used. Uh, creature respawn rates are much lower than Battle for Azeroth. Yep. <laughs> NPCs which offer multiple quests may inconsistently display them as a dot or an exclamation mark on available quest mm -hmm. list. Uh, yep. Quests that are too level do not show up as an exclamation mark in the game world. Available quests do not show up as an exclamation mark in the game world. And on level up, the message says your skill and protection has increased by 15. Uh, yeah, that stays there. So And hunters have a dead zone again, I think. <laughs> yes, hunters do in fact have a dead zone. <laughs> I believe it was one to three yards. Oh, no, zero to three yards was the hunter dead zone. Enjoy right? that melee right weapon, boys. <laughs> yep. Well, that's why you had to use Raptor Strike. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, this is, uh, this is, I thought this was fucking hilarious. I that really want actually... them to run this out to, if I was them and I'm not, I, I think it's you slowly kind of dole out content for this up until the end of the Lich King. And that's when it ends. Mm. Like, I think that's when Classic WoW ends for a lot of people. Hmm. I feel like it was kind of already... I mean, even with Burning Crusade, which is really... I mean, that was already kind of already... I'm trying to remember when the skill it. tree changed, I guess. And I think that was at the... Mm. Uh, I think that was post-Wrath of the Lich King. I, I think it's... Yeah. At I least in my right. mind... Wrath of the Lich King is the end of the story left over from Warcraft 3 that the MMO ended, I guess. And yeah. Lich King is when the kind of war aspects start to die off. Like, it's you, you kill Arthas. It's when the Titan stuff becomes more of a big deal. Like it, you move away yeah. from, in my mind, what traditional Warcraft lore is to the expanded, not as good in my opinion, lore. Like, it's when the dragons become more important and the dragons flat out suck. I, mostly because I think, like, it's the, the Death Knights in their beautiful, broken incarnation that was uh, Wrath of the Lich King deserved to be in WoW Classic because they were kind of this beautiful reward for getting to the end. And it was like, yeah, it, it's the hero class. It's Brusted. We know. Go have fun. Mm-hmm. Go tank a world boss. But yeah, uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was yeah. kind of funny this whole yeah. thing. But yeah, um, I will as I play through WoW Classic. I kind of want to make this a weekly segment or something, like because you didn't play Classic Classic WoW. You picked up like around Burning Crusade, right? I picked up maybe the week or two before Burning yeah. Crusade came out, and this is that's about so the same was, for me too. So and yeah, so I came in right at the very end, and this is what like one point ten or something like that for patch, something like that. Yeah. yeah, this is pre even that if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. I, yes. I I don't know my World of Warcraft patches the way I used to, but yeah, some of the stuff you're talking about right now brings back uh, some some warm fuzzy feelings. Like I I I, I it's weird because I want them to go through Lich King so we get that glorious time period of people sneaking into the um, Alliance Zone from Horde to get the uh, the tripod guys, the, um, what, the Ripters or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because those things were busted PvP pets, and the only starter zone you could get them was the Draenei area, and at low-level PvP, those things were just monsters. 
But yeah, you had to run through um, Silver Moon City to get to him and all that jazz. It was nightmarish. But if you were a level 20 hunter with one of those things, you were a fucking cock of the walk at that point. Mm. You just rolled up and people were like, oh shit, he's got engineering goggles and one of those things. <laughs> uh, we're fucked. Make sure you feed them pets, boys. <laughs> yeah. Gotta keep them happy so they fight efficiently and don't run away. <laughs> I'm excited. I like this. I I might play well I might play well classic. Oh. I'm a nostalgic angle. Well, you know what? That that would be maybe a, a fun a fun uh cast uh, live cast yeah. if we all played wow classic let's all get to level while. 10 though before we start casting yes. those first 10 yes. levels are... oh mm. honestly the first 20 drag to be on to be i don't have a month or two to dedicate to this game yeah uh oh yeah it does yeah. take a long time even to get to oh 20 shit that means you may have have you ever done the original shadow fang keep alex no yeah actually i did Really? Yes. Mm. Yes, the original Shadow Fang. Yeah, because they didn't revamp it till Cataclysm. I couldn't remember when that got yeah. revamped. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I. Yeah, no, I love when you when you level up through the process. I used to, I did all the dungeons as I was leveling, so I definitely have done all the original dungeons. Yes. Shadow Fang Keep and Scarlet Monastery are gonna be relevant again. Mm-hmm. And not weird, dumb versions that are full of bullshit lore. I, I love how in Classic <laughs> WoW, uh, Sylvanas is less of a monster than she is in current WoW. When she's pretty mm-hmm. fucking monstrous in classic WoW. Yeah. But, yeah. Her storyline is going really fucking crazy. Yes. So. And then, last tidbit of, of WoW news before we move on. Did you watch that, that um... The cinematic? That I, new trailer to Safe the Haven? The cinematic yeah. I sent you the angry question about? Yes, yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That trailer looks fucking good. You know what, regardless of what WoW is and all that stuff now, the art department... And for for Blizzard and all that stuff have always been fucking top sure. tier. Yes, yes, I they agree. Have always just been so fucking good. So well, one of the things that I like best about WoW over other things like EverQuest is WoW always looks good. It ha- there's an art sense, there's an art style, there's a very specific style going on in the world, and it's consistent. It's also colorful it's consistent and colorful it's themed whereas like like other game like you know there again everquest which you know everquest everquest 2 looks like those were it's made up entirely of like things that they bought like they of a bunch of 3d objects that they just bought online somewhere a bunch of the most generic boring boring meshes i've ever seen so you and the most blandest remember this, but at the time of, color scheme. So at the time of World of Warcraft's launch, that was actually a big thing people were criticizing WoW for. Yep, was how garish was, and cartoonish it was. They're like, ah, it lacks the gritty yep. realism of EverQuest. I'm like, okay, EverQuest is ugly and has no art direction. It looks like they just brought in random assets from. Just random places. Yeah. There's nothing fits together thematically. The art style's all over the place. There isn't really an art style. The colors. Mm-hmm. There's no color theming. There's no color coordination whatsoever. The game was an ugly mess. I can get why people were into it, but I thought it looked like crap, and so I never played it. Um, but yeah, World of Warcraft. I was like, 
wow, this this game actually looks good. It looks really fun. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I like Terra. Terra is actually a very beautiful game. I mean, I think it's one of the sort of not well-known, like, but extremely good MMOs. Disclosure, Henry worked on it. But yes, I agree with him so far. No, I didn't. I Which didn't. one did you work on, then? Rift. Oh, sorry. Other one, other one, char- one word title. Yeah, but yeah, Terra. I've I've been a, I've been a fan of it for for a good while. I really like my mount, my flying llama mount. But yeah, it. But it, yeah, like like WoW. WoW. That's what caught my eye for WoW. WoW Classic even was it just had a wonderful art style and it was consistent. Had great color coordination. It's just color theming. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On to something yeah, else. Yeah, I don't. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much more we can say about WoW. This was supposed to just be like, hey, August 27th, the classic comes out. <laughs> yeah. We spent Sorry. like almost. It... No, no, not a problem. Like, this is that, that was the place to dump the WoW news, but. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of dumping things, uh, Starbreeze is selling off chunks of itself that, at least in this instance, in this news article, Rockstar is swooping in and grabbing. Uh, oh. We haven't talked about Starbreeze in a while, but I think the last time we talked about them, they were under criminal investigation for, like, money laundering shit, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. They, I mean, they're, <laughs> they're in super trouble. I, like, they, they're, they're, they're selling to stay afloat at this point. There was a fantastic Eurogame article that when, that, when the big kind of hubbubaloo was going down... They went back to kind of some of the early warning signs that we all, including them, chose to ignore as just like, ah, eh, game industry weirdness. And the most notable one that I think we all were like, meh, to was when the payday people left. Oh, yeah. And, when the payday team left. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, as it turns out, a big deal because it turned out later they left because they got wind of what Starbreeze was up to. And they were like, no, we want no part mm. of this. And that. GTFO game they're making looks pretty cool now and all that jazz, but yeah, mm. so it's not quite clear what this means exactly in the grand scheme of things, but Rockstar is buying up a large percentage of what made up Starbreeze, I guess actively. You brought this one in, Henry. Is there anything more you want to add to that? or like, It's, um, it's mostly remote yeah. development studios, right? Yeah, I mean, this one is in particular is a Mostly an art studio yeah. that's in India, and Rockstar already is in India. They already have offices there, and so they would just absorb that into their existing offices, yeah. I assume. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like, hey, I mean, if you're Rockstar and you have that much cash, and it's like you're already invested somewhere, I mean, you know, take advantage of a fire sale, I guess. You know, and you know what. It's good because, you know, that means at least, like, you know, that particular department is not going to get just jettisoned by Starbreeze, that they have a landing pad, that, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to still have a place to work. Well, and, like, to put, and, like, companies close all the time, blah, 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 Telltale did this too, et cetera, et cetera. To put this one in perspective, yeah. Starbreeze will be out of money by the end of the year, and Starbreeze was, yeah. for a long time, pretty major publisher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. It's, if you can find that article, I wish I knew the name off the top. Of my head, but it is a fascinating article. It's long. Like it's, 
it's newspaper worthy, if you will, of like this is a deep dive into what the fuck was going on. But yeah, like it, it's. I never thought about Starbreeze much prior to that article, and now I'm like, man, what the fuck? Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. They're falling apart at the seams, and just it's a fire sale to stay afloat. Yeah. But speaking of what the fuckness, uh, the biggest news of this week, aside from WoW Classics uh, announcement date, Microsoft and Sony are teaming up. Kind of. Sort <laughs> of. Okay, not really, but yeah, they are, though, too. I, Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to speculate some as part of this because there's no other way of reason they would do this. Uh, all signs point towards uh, Google Stadia maybe scaring the two companies a little bit, and while yeah. the two companies are not putting aside their battle lines, and we're not getting the um, Sony Xbox 5, the Sony Playbox <laughs> 5, whatever the right word for that would be, they, they do appear to be kind of partnering up to work on, I guess, AI-based stuff and uh, streaming services, essentially, where it seems where Microsoft is kind of moving into a more streaming realm. I guess Sony has, in kind of contrast to that, well, they're not the biggest kind of software company from a hardware standpoint meaning components and processors and all that jazz they're significantly beyond what microsoft offers have natively in-house so the two have kind of done a yes. partnership to provide i think it's like uh, microprocessors or something like that to microsoft for further development on these topics and assumably some benefit to sony will come down out of this whether it be purely financial or they're partnered with a larger company like i there's been some speculation on the idea that this is a good business move from Sony because it makes it harder for something like a Google to acquire Sony because uh, what we see like Sony is a giant monster corporation compared to some of these other ones. It's not even a medium-sized fish by comparison. It's still a yeah. big company as far as we know, but like compared to the Samsungs and the, like even the Facebooks and the Googles of the world, it's just a technology company. It's not one of the bigs. They make that video game yeah. console, mm. which hypothetically means would be up for acquisition given enough kind of financial push one of those companies. But by partnering with someone like Microsoft, they're not shielded completely, but it does on kind of paper make it plausible that like if someone were to kind of sniff around for Sony, they could kind of point to Microsoft being like, yo, we have a business deal going through right now that's beneficial to you. How about you help us stave this off a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean... It, companies share technologies. Yeah. I mean, and like in one of the, it, this kind of reminds me of the Intel and AMD thing. Yeah. And so what happened with that was whenever there was the move from 32 bit to 64 bit processors, they each have their own machine and they came out with their own machine instruction set. Uh, Microsoft or Intel came out with IA64 and AMD came out with their own AMD64 instruction set, basically machine code assembly language. So that's two different, completely different assembly languages. Well, the IA64 Intel's flopped. It was not backwards compatible with 32 bit, it had a lot of other issues. That was the big one. It couldn't also work with 32 bit applications. Whereas the AMDs could, and so what happens is AMD licensed and did an interday technology sharing agreement with Intel, and so they both use AMD's uh, AMD's version of the machine code assembly language. So, 
and but they're still very much competitors, even though they've shared a very important technology. So, but this is interesting mm. to see that between Microsoft and Sony, being as how they're in many ways at odds, but in other ways they've kind of had to work around each other. But it's interesting. I think it's 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 interesting to see a a partnership of this kind. Yeah. Uh- and it's not clear if this will have any impact on the gamers that buy these companies' products. Like, this might yeah. be some kind of just actual Microsoft, Sony-level stuff as opposed to Xbox versus PlayStation-level stuff. Like Again, like we, we don't talk about it, but yeah. like, there's so much more to both of these companies, as most people know, beyond the stuff we talk about on this podcast. Like, reality yes. is Sony and Microsoft probably are like, whatever, while PlayStation and Xbox are like, we will kill you in your sleep and eat your children. Yeah. So, oh, but- boy. But yeah, the uh, yeah, I think at the uh, and that's the thing the the AMD Intel thing was the same thing. Like yeah. it didn't actually change anything in a certain sense on its face for the average consumer, other than now there's choices for things that deliver the same end product but may have different differences otherwise. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, I think that's I think that's yeah that's not something I. I would have expected, but there again, it's also not something that's unprecedented at all. Yeah, I, it's like it's not even legally common. binding yet. Like it's not even clear. Like we don't know what this partnership will lead to. We don't know if it will lead to anything ultimately. Like reality is, I'm assuming business people get in rooms with each other all the time and drink fancy coffee and go. Wouldn't it be funny if we merged? Yeah. D- and then nothing happens. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> only time will tell on this one. Hmm. But uh, to speculate further, uh, cross-play for Destiny 3. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Come on, cross-play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it for news this week. Unless I missed yeah. something I want to talk about. Okay, cool, we don't. We have one email this week. But before we get mm. to that, oh? how do you contact us? Uh, I don't know. We... The Henry Ford era of communication was very. Lengthy. All you're doing is fearing, um, if fueling my will to cut that out of the preamble to make you look like an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> like this part of my brain, like just, the way my brain's like, no, it's a funny bit. My brain's like, nah, fucking cut it out, make Alex look like an asshole. Just be like, hi, I'm starting a bit in the middle of random segments that are pre-established. Do it, make him fall of his own petard. Do it, bury him, make him suffer. Why are you like the spread? Do it. Sounds like you're channeling Henry Ford more than I am. <laughs> I'm off to kill some horses after you can this. Email us. You can email us at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Yes. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com spells it sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. Uh, this email comes in anonymous from this week. I, I apologize to both you and you two right off the bat for this one. Sad, a dear, sadly not the awesome hockey cast. If the Bruins <laughs> win the NHL playoffs, will Jeff come back for a guest episode? I know this is a podcast about video games, but some, but as someone who got into hockey because of this podcast, I'm a little bit sad. Jeff and Charlie haven't haven't been victimizing the listeners with Boston Bruins fanboying this year. <laughs> More importantly, though, do not let this email distract you or your listeners from the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning got swept in the first round. 
<laughs> He's not wrong. This podcast should never distract you from that fact. <laughs> it's a very important Boy. fact to always remember. I don't know. I will promise nothing on this one. But yes, like the Bruins are in the Stanley Cup Finals. We swept the hur- they swept the Hurricanes and turned into one of those assholes again. It's been a very fun hockey season. It's been the chaos bracket. If you were going to get into hockey and watch a playoffs of hockey, this was a great year to do that. And it's been killing me that you two don't follow hockey at all. Me and Jeff have secret nope. texting conversations. We're like, hockey! And we're like, yeah. Yeah, the only sports I really keep up with, I occasionally keep up with soccer, and I keep up with pro wrestling, and that's pretty much it. Well, it's because soccer is a real sport, and hockey isn't. <laughs> well. Yeah, I'm totally Henry Ford, but out of the preamble now. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna record. I'm gonna record my own preamble. It's me being like, Alex, stop fucking talking about Henry Ford. I'm gonna sample your voice to be like, but Henry, shut up, Alex. No one thinks this joke is funny. Stop running your bullshit material by us. No, but Henry Ford is a horse murderer. Why would you say that, Alex? What type of monster would come up with that joke? But Henry, shut up. With <laughs> so much effort to drag your name through the mud. The higher skywriters. <laughs> Don't let Henry Ford distract you from the fact that the Bruins are winning. I appreciate the attempt. I really do. <laughs> I really yeah. do. <laughs> is it okay now? I have no, but especially because the <laughs> the correct thing you should have said is Don't let Henry Ford distract you from the fact that Tampa Bay got swept in the first round, but <laughs> Yes, that. And thank you, Anonymous, for, yes. for, for a hockey mail. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it made for a good, you know, uh, slap shot bit. Is that, that's I hope the, the spiders in, the in your house game, kill right? you tonight. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I really fucked up now. Oh. <laughs> Well, this has been the Wicked Awesome Cast. It's a podcast. Um, we're going out to two people next week, so I'm going to fucking kill Alex between now and then. I <laughs> uh, hope you liked him while he lasted. He's got to be dead. Super dead, even. Don't, Consider don't th- let my death distract you that there was a Harry Ford bit this week. Harry Ford? Harry Ford. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, they consider this podcast my admission of guilt and the mysterious, definitely bloody disappearance of Alex. Oh, cue the metal. (laughs)